0: Jess.
1: And I'm George. And I'm the Jesus Friend. And I'm the Lawyer Friend.
0: And this is Transpantastic,
1: a podcast about gender, identity, orientation,
2: and all the life that happens between them. I'll still say that the male privilege is still definitely, even a short guy, is privileged in ways that... Tell us. Well, the treatment's definitely different. The other thing that's kind of interesting, and the guy mentioned in that other article a little bit, and so apparently it's not just confined to lawyers, I have noticed, is a lot of older lawyers, even if, you know, I'm not that young anymore, they still talk to me like, let, let me help you out. Just it, It's an automatic, let me do something for you and I'll give you some advice or I'll introduce you to somebody who could maybe hook you up with some clients or whatever, you know, something I, like that. It's, it's, and it's automatic. You don't even have to ask.
0: If I walk oh. into an auto parts store and I tell them the wrong parts number, they're going to humor the little lady. If you walk into the auto parts store and tell them the wrong part number, they're going to say, oh, buddy, here, let me help you out.
2: Right. And oh, here's the right one. You're a close. And, you know, I've noticed that just with things in general, that if you're trying to do something like back a horse trailer into that little tiny parking spot over there, first they assume that you can do it and at least let you go try. Where if you're a female, say, oh, no, 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 let me, let me do it. And then when you demonstrate that you can't do it. Then somebody comes over and they'll give you a little bit of shit about it, but then they switch into coach mode and they're like, okay, here, I'm going to teach you how to do it and they want you to succeed. They're not just humoring you and kind of half-ass teaching you because, oh, isn't it funny how the little girl wants to do this man thing? Mm -hmm. You know, They truly are trying to help you. They will give you a little shit about it. If it's Especially if it's something that you should have learned back when you were a teenager. But they truly do, in my experience, seem to want to help you. And that, that is definitely different. And that, that makes me angry, actually.
0: It reminds me of a joke I saw online the other day, and I hesitate to say it because it's terribly tactless, tasteless, horrible, evil.
2: Well, now I really want to hear it.
0: <laughs> exactly. And terribly transphobic, but it's, Guy says, um, I, I had a blind date the other day, and i I went home with her and almost got to bed with her before I realized she was a transsexual and she was beautiful and nothing gave it away until she backed the car into the driveway without pausing once. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is
2: <sighs> well, that, that that's one of those. <laughs> and it's,
0: it's, it's, it it's horrible and transphobic and evil and just not nice. But It's terribly symptomatic of that gendered thinking in our culture.
1: Yes, along gendered thinking, and I probably told this story in our podcast a long time ago, but as a mom to my son, if I would bring him to school after a doctor's appointment, so I'm bringing him in a little bit late, I would bring him in and they'd tell me, okay, you know, go, they'd expect I would know what to do and go take him to his classroom and where it was and everything else, just like they knew Whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And as his dad, I get there and they say, okay, we'll take him. And they take care of everything for me. I don't have to do anything. And I am not expected to know where his class is, what to do about it, or anything else. And no one is going to make me do it. And, and I don't look like I'm interested. So and amazing. I don't have to.
0: And part of that is a privilege on your behalf, but part of it is also the expectation that mothers are generally going to be more helicoptery. And so mothers are going to be less likely to want to leave their kid at the office. They're going to want to walk their child to his class. The dads are like, here's the kid. Dads are like, yeah, and that they have done so before and have done so since the first day of school. And especially in our upper middle class neighborhood, we have hella helicopters. Hella (laughs) helicopters. Because I used to teach at this school, and I know, and that's why I left the school, but... The understanding of if you are a mother, you are going to want to do everything for your kid. And if you are a dad, you are more likely to let your kid do for themselves.
2: Hmm. Well, I do have to say that as far as male privilege goes, because that is certainly an expectation that's different between the two genders. But a certain male privilege is that I am now exempt from every baby shower from here on out. And that is fabulous.
0: Yes, I, I'm jealous. I, I still get invited to wedding showers, although with decreasing frequency now that I've been at my work site for a certain number of years, they, they put me one year on the social committee. Of all the committees I could have been on, I was absent the day that everyone signed up for their
1: own committee. And Is saw that it the fun. one where they got bent out of shape and then they had to move you to a different <laughs> they
0: committee? Did. They did. kicked you was off the social yeah. committee? They kicked me off. Off the social committee,
1: and it's not that you're not social, but you apparently not genderly specific, properly gendered social. I, I don't
0: know. I'm never properly gendered, but that's another <laughs> she story didn't properly entirely. Give a
3: shit about parties, <laughs>
0: exactly. And so when they're talking about, you know, we need to have a raffle so we can raise money for our Christmas party, or we can do this or that or the other. And then they're trying to have meetings when, you know, part of it was that I have special needs kids and I can't always make the meetings that they wanted to have when they wanted to have them because these were a bunch of single ladies who were all all into being social. And so I couldn't always make the meetings. And then they quit telling me when the meetings were. (laughs) (laughs) And then they emailed my principal and said that I hadn't been to any of the
2: meetings. (laughs) And I then
0: forwarded to my principal the last email that the committee chairperson had sent me saying... We canceled this meeting. <laughs> I had been disinvited to the meeting, and then they tried to tell the principal that I hadn't shown up. And so, yeah, that, they, they that didn't was another. Want you there, dear. They didn't want me there. <laughs> no. And at that point, I didn't want to be there either, if that's how it's going to be. So, yeah, they can kick me off that committee. And the principal said as much. He was like, Yeah, you can, you can just pick a different committee. And so I waited until the next year to pick a different committee. I went the rest of the year committee less
1: I apparently have grown manned. Man-tact, according to my wife. <laughs>
0: you yeah. have grown man-tact. And, and I mentioned this what? to my,
1: my work wife.
0: Man-tact. What is that? Where you don't have to make all the niceties around unpleasant things to say.
2: You just say it like it is?
0: And sometimes you can be a, what would be considered in women to be brash or tactless or bitchy or abrasive.
1: And, and this had to do with the other night when... Our third child, our little princess, was having a meltdown yet again because it was bedtime. And only at bedtime does she suddenly feel terribly lonely enough to, like, have hours and hours of a meltdown. And I'm not kidding. Hours.
0: Oh, yeah. Hours.
1: So she had come down for something, and I don't know what I said because I don't have to care or know what I said. Yeah, you don't. See? And after she left the room, my wife said, I think that you've grown some tact." And I said... I thought
2: that was a tumor or something.
1: I'm, you- I'm sorry. <laughs> I I would be sorry if I cared. If I cared. Sorry, but you don't need to care. And I don't. So I went to work and I told my work wife this. I said, this thing happened and this is what my wife said. And she said, oh no, you've had that for a while. That's why <laughs> when you're done listening to our boss, Yamaran, you just stand up and say, okay, and leave. And walk <laughs> out of the room. And apparently I've done this. I, I, I say, okay, and I get up and leave and then she follows me out because she takes it as her like easy out like okay see ya going with George and, uh, <laughs> and then we get out there and she goes how do you do that and I say do what and she goes she just got up and left I said I was done <laughs> and she says but she wasn't done I said yeah but so I need to go <laughs> and I just got up and left and nobody my, my boss never said a thing it wasn't a problem but if my work wife did that it would be an issue it, it would be, be. Somebody could possibly.
0: It, it, it could be grounds for disciplinary
1: action. Or you just, yeah, even if you're just butt So, you're but you're I can, I can do him. that. I can just get up and leave, or come in and do something else. And I they was just not let the me. only one
0: who has observed you growing man tact.
1: Correct. Apparently, <laughs> I already had that.
0: I, tell tell <laughs> your work wife that I appreciate her validation of my observation. I will. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, whereas I couldn't do that, and I couldn't, like... You would be rude. I would be considered I can be terribly rude. And they, rude. Don't,
1: they don't do anything to stop me or correct me or anything else. I didn't realize it. I was just kind of... I, I was done. I had to go somewhere. I got up. and left. It didn't seem like a big deal to me, but it, apparently it was a big deal.
0: And it would Whoa. be... a a bigger deal if you
1: were still presenting female. It would. It would be a huge deal. The pressure would be there to... What the hell is wrong with you? You know. Why did you do that? Be polite about leaving. Apologize a bunch or something before you leave. Yeah.
0: When I just said that, why did you do that? I used to hear that all the time. Why did you do that? And I'd have no clue what the hell it was that I just did that I was getting called out for. Like, what the hell did I do? They were trying to erase your man tact. They were, and see, here's the Uh funny thing. I didn't even realize so much of this shit was gendered until I start watching you. And I think we've mentioned this before that like I've had all these habits all along that are apparently terribly masculine. And my principal asked me why I hadn't gotten the fifth or sixth transfer to a high school position that I had applied for. I explained to him that there are a couple factors working against me. The first being the fact that our smallish Western town is very nativist and that we have this old boys club mentality. And if you are from here, then you have a leg up. Second thing working against me is that I have been with my school district for almost a decade. I have been teaching for over a decade And given union pay scales, that just makes me expensive.
1: Compared to the newbies.
0: And the third thing working against me was that my administrator has a clear preference for keeping people in their positions If all possible She doesn't want to play logistical Tetris When people move She doesn't want to deal with the dominoes that fall When people transfer Other people transfer into their position Somebody else transfers into their position This is what happens throughout most government agencies When people transition It's just sort of this constant line of dominoes
1: And by transition you mean change their job position
0: That's, yeah
1: (laughs) I just have to clarify that Considering our podcast
0: Yes, thank you My principal answered and said, well, can we do a mock interview? Because I I think, you know, given your personality and your sense of humor, I like having you around, but I can understand how some people might consider you to be a little bit brash or a little bit abrasive. And so I'd like to see, you know, how you behave in an interview, see if I can help you out any. And he was doing that coaching thing, like, dude, let me help you out. Because he kind of does see me as, you know, I, I get that you're just kind of one of the guys. He can't quite do the mental gymnastics
1: to get around these big lumps on my chest, but... Nobody gets around those. (laughs) I don't even get around those. In in any case, I told you that way back when, when I started wearing a binder and I noticed everybody, including this Jesus friend of ours here, treated me differently once I had the binder on. Those things are damn distracting.
0: They are. Yep. Yep. They are. <laughs> I
1: didn't notice.
0: You didn't notice that you treated him differently?
3: No, I didn't notice that I treated him differently until he was really fully presenting as male. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that my hate behavior around him was different. And it was just sort of a happily curious thing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't notice there was a difference when you started wearing
1: the binder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trippy. It was a much more comfortable in exchange with you. Mm-hmm. So finish your story here.
0: Oh yes, I went in for my interview and I was just terribly professional, like I always am, and
1: terribly and he professional. I like that.
0: <laughs> yes, and you know I was what I would consider to be obnoxiously feminine. Like, I have come to understand that these things are feminine. I didn't realize this previously, but I understood them to be professional for an individual of my comportment and chosen profession, that this is the way that I ought to behave. And now I realize that these things are feminine and these things are expected of female-bodied professionals. But... My principal could not figure out what the hell was wrong because I aced that interview. He would have hired me again.
1: And I wonder if he wasn't a little surprised because he expected some of those things that he usually sees in your everyday interactions, which is, you know, because you're comfortable with him. Yes. And with the position that you have all this time. Yeah. That you're more yourself, but in an interview... You were able to put those aside and sort of like when you say, I'm going to put my makeup now and make myself look like.
0: I I usually say, yes, I'm going to go and make myself look like your wife now. Yes. Which when you first started transitioning, I did fem it up quite a bit to sort of contrast and help your presentation. But you don't need that no more. Now I just feel like, and this is again, one of those female things, and I'm going to chalk it up to estrogen. It's that imposter syndrome that I feel like this is this really awesome guy and I'm not quite sure I deserve him, but I'm going to make myself look like I deserve him. So yeah, I, I put on my face and I put on shaping undergarments that make my figure more feminine when I'm going to be going out with you or when I'm going to be approaching a new social situation and especially a new professional situation to make myself look like what our culture would expect of someone of, you know, a middle-aged professional middle class, what, what people would expect when they see me so that none of that gets in the way of me being able to do my job or being able to interact with these new people or being able to make friends or do whatever, because otherwise it does. For example, when when our two kids were in preschool, number two and number three, and they had just started going to the same preschool, which we only left them at for six months after this, they had picture day. And I went in with no makeup to help them on a day that I had no school because I had no school. I had no place to be. Why the hell would I put makeup on? And child number two who had recently realized that he could tell the workers that we were mistreating him and then he would get sympathy which he kind of needed because he was that kid he still is but he's long since learned that that's not a good idea because he tried it first with his other mom and they had a conversation and realized that wasn't a good idea and then he tried it with me after i had gone in with them that day and they said something about why is he having a bad day And he said, oh, it's because my mom yelled at me and hit me this morning. And George goes in to pick the kids up and they sit him down and say, we need to have a talk. Jess was in here this morning and she looked really angry. And later child number two said that she had hit him. And like, why the hell would I look angry? I was there with my kids. I was kind of having a good time. Mm -hmm. But because I had no face on to make them see me as what they expected of a maternal parent. It became a problem. And see, again, I didn't think of these things as being gendered. I just thought of them as being professional and culturally appropriate.
1: You're not allowed to walk around without your face on.
0: I'm not allowed People to... People take
1: your looks the wrong way. I know that now if my face is just the way it is and you know, I don't have to smile or anything else... Nobody tells you to smile. My face is my own property. Mine is still other everybody's property. So I'm comfortable like that. And I also know though that there's times when I... I can't really smile because that looks creepy.
0: Yeah, there is the other <laughs> side of it. Like if you yeah. if you do approach someone or if you do make eye contact with somebody, it's because of our cultural history of males being the aggressors, you just fall into that group. Yeah. And MRAs would say that's reverse sexism.
1: No, I, I don't agree. I thank you for it's, not agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is a little strange to me because I got used to having to perform the other side of the role. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: But I, I like that I don't have to smile at people or, you know, make a nice face for any reason. I can look very
2: plain with my face and it's very acceptable as a man. Mm-hmm. So the comment earlier I made about, you know, backing up a trailer with your truck, especially like a large horse trailer or something like that. Uh, cause we live in the West and people have horse trailers. People do that. It's, it's an important skill to have. And when I was a kid, my dad let me drive the truck, even when I was not old enough to drive, pulling the horse trailer and he let me pull through a, you know, horseshoe driveway or something like that. He would never let me back it up and he never taught me to back it up. He never even tried to teach me. And to this day, that taught your brother. He, you know, he didn't teach my brother because he was so allergic to horses that he couldn't even oh, so he <laughs> be near them. So he never went. Okay. If he had taught my brother and not me, it would have really pissed me off. <laughs> uh, so there wasn't that rivalry there, mm-hmm. at least. It was, just, it was just me. But the fact that he never taught me and then I never learn. And then later on in life, especially after transition, I'm trying to back a large utility trailer and failing miserably. And a friend of mine is, you know, he's, he gave me a little crap because of it, but he's like, and then he, like I said, he goes into coach mode and says, okay, this is how you, you do it. And I think he even said, well, did you guys have horses when you were a kid? Like, didn't you, you know, and I didn't really get mad at the time. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, yeah, I should have been taught that. I should have learned that. And I recently had this conversation with my brother-in-law and said, well, I hope you teach the girls, my nieces. Two young girls and he's he said I, I believe in teaching my kids how to do stuff you know girls or boys and they'll learn how to do all this stuff don't worry so that that, that was one thing that that's a silly example of one little thing but when it's a lifetime of that then it, it it makes you angry
0: understandably so it's and it's so ingrained in our culture that it reminds me of that thing with uh, Mark Zuckerberg the other day where the grandma said, Oh, I always tell my granddaughters to date the nerd in school because he might grow up to be Mark Zuckerberg. And he said, don't teach them to date me. Teach them to be me.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: You know, and nobody nobody catches that except, you know, this younger guy to point out, hey, you're doing this wrong. But I think that's great that it is a guy pointing it out because if a woman pointed it out, we might humor her.
2: Nobody would listen to her. That's true. It's like your story that you were telling earlier that once you pointed it out, even though it's the exact same words or as close as you could get, now all of a sudden people are paying attention. Yes. Can I just say for the record that the term shaping undergarments scares the bejesus out of me? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> it makes me
3: crazy because all a guy has to do is just wear the appropriate clothing for the situation.
0: You just but have to make sure your junk ain't hanging out.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But a woman has to wear the proper underwear, the proper makeup, the proper hair, they have the proper voice tone.
1: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I I left. She has varied voice tones because of the music background. She can.
0: And half the time I don't realize that I'm like shifting my voice because I'm just thinking, okay, I'm in a drive-thru. A slightly broader tone with a slightly sharper sound wave is going to get my
1: words through the speaker and into the right music teacher the rest of us are just saying give me a coffee <laughs> Hope you, you know, understood it and i you
0: know so i don't think about these things until somebody's like oh use your dude voice i'm like oh
1: all right that that is a um One of the male privileges is that no no one cares what I look like. I will sometimes say to Jess in the morning, can I wear this? And she'll say, you can wear whatever you want. Nobody cares. (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah. It's true. But but would it be a good idea? But would it be a good idea? Yes. And
0: see, at that point, you know, there is some level of, you know, if you totally don't match and you totally look like you don't even care whether you match then there is some level of questioning your competency that will happen right right but, but it's nowhere near the questioning of competency that will happen if i go into work dressed like that
1: for instance right now my hair is a bit out of control because it's a project it is a project but and we'll discuss I could never the project when it's like done this as a woman but as a guy i can walk around with the weirdest stupidest hair ever and it's totally fine oh he just doesn't feel like getting a haircut that guy just Needs a haircut or something. Right. Nobody cares. They don't care. They don't. And here's how much they don't care. I didn't realize when I was using the women's room, there was always a mirror there. And I discovered, because, you know, I drive around a lot for work. There's a lot of men's room that have no mirror at all, just a sink. And I was like, wow.
0: There are no women's rooms that do not have a mirror, except in the worst, worst parts of town.
1: And
0: even then, they'll have like that big piece of shiny metal that you cannot break.
1: They'll still have it there. They will still have it. I've never seen a women's room without, and I, you know, there's a lot of years of women's rooms, so. It's true. And I go in a men's room, and and so for a while, I would give Jess the report. This, in this part of town, there's no mirrors in the men's room, and this part does have mirrors in the men's room. Yep. (laughs) just an odd thing you know why because nobody cares how you look so you don't have to look and see if you look okay nope and you probably think you look fine and i have you actually, do look fine and i i left the house a couple times and, and have gotten to work and went. oh I, I probably didn't look in the mirror at my hair hmm
0: <laughs> should,
1: I, should i fix that you you have
0: gone to work before In mismatched shoes, although admittedly on terribly difficult parenting mornings.
1: I don't have any shoes that are that mismatched. Socks, maybe.
0: Well, that's the thing. You don't have any shoes that are that mismatched. So if they're the wrong shoes, nobody notices. If you're wearing one, you know, that's black and a little shinier and
1: one that's black and
0: a little bit less shiny.
1: They probably are the same shoe in two different colors. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how men buy things. You probably put, put them, them both on to, on to sell. try
0: them on in the morning. And that's how you do because your feet are sensitive. Yes, yeah, so I'll put two and shoes on. And so you'll on. put two different shoes on and walk around in them for a minute to see which one feels like what your feet and want I today. leave the house
1: and like that. Then nobody you just leave
0: care. the house and nobody would care. They don't care. They don't. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to me.
1: Yeah, I came home once and you said, are you wearing plaid with plaid? <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> that's great that she knew I could get away with it she, she was impressed because she knew nobody cared no. wow it's a great you could get away with that
2: wow Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to hear a little bit more about your guys' story about when you started wearing the binder and your interaction with each other
1: yeah we went to a movie with Mr. Jesus' friend and his wife so. And I wore the binder. And I had noticed, anyway, when I wear the binder, the interactions with everybody was just so much easier. hmm And wow. I understand why.
0: These things are distracting. They are distracting.
1: I and find them distracting. Even if you know that your friend is a dude and just has boobs, it's still distracting because it's discongruent with you. Know, it
0: is. And even today, you were at the gym and some chick comes out towards her car who clearly is still in her workout gear and you just... Could
1: not no, stop your head from turning. I don't know turning. if it was a workout gear or not. All I know is that it was so cut so low, and her <laughs> boobs were so big. And I was on the phone and had the boy with me, and I was like, "I should stop looking at that," but <laughs> I, I can. can't. <laughs> <laughs> it so bad. I know I could tell my wife this because she has the same problem. I do, but but I was like, "Whoa." How can she walk around like that? And I couldn't stop looking. So, so I'm surprised the boy wasn't looking because he 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 does he does look he does. The the eight year old looks, but 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 nowadays he would probably also open his mouth. He he would, but so that would be bad. Your
0: (laughs) interaction of having them not presenting. So
1: I had the binder on, and I mentioned to you when when we when we left on the way home, uh huh, that even my very good longtime friend had a totally different reaction to me. And it's, it's more of a, it's a subconscious thing, just a little more relaxed, you know, like here's a thing that happens. And this is not about male privilege, but with women, there's this hugging thing. And with men, there's a not so much hugging thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're a little more distant and your tone of voice a, a little different. I noticed all of it because it was all very new to me Mm mm-hmm so um, yeah that was a trip and i thought that's just so much easier i really like that
0: and didn't you read something somewhere about some guy who's like a total hugger and he was like after transition like it was weird that he was a hugger previously nobody had cared that he was a hugger but now it was weird that he was a hugger well yeah yeah,
2: that's very weird for guys Mm -hmm. although
1: some guys in closer communities like churches or you know gay guys and other, c- certain guys do hugging, and, and it's comfortable for them and acceptable in the subculture they're in. But overall, no.
0: Right.
3: Hugging is never not awkward for me. Mm-hmm. Never.
1: Right. Because
2: yeah, you're one of those kind of guys. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a fan either, I'll say. Yeah. Certain people that I'm really close to, but I was interested. George is telling this story, and you're kind of shaking your head like you can't believe it. That the interaction is so different, and, and you, George, thought that it was easier and more comfortable from your perspective,
1: right? And the the hugs are awkward because I'm always like,
2: yeah, you know, what do I do? Okay, it's yeah.
1: a hug, right? I think
0: you you were awkward about hugs before, though, too.
1: Yeah, it's it feels more awkward to
3: me now.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: If you're a guy, if you're hugging another guy, it's it's sort of quick and maybe with a pat and a little but- to the side. But when the, if you're hugging a woman, it's always to the side. It's always a side hug because you don't want to encounter those things on her chest.
1: No. You'll be in trouble. Yes. You Yeah. You, you would be- and one of the people at the birthday party today, a woman, one of the kids' moms came over to give me a hug. And so I, you know, I was like shifting to do the side hug thing. Mm-hmm. But it, it's always weird because I never know like somebody's going to get, I'm always surprised now if they're coming to give me a hug. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> So, yeah. What do I do about this?
0: You awkwardly return the friendly sentiment.
1: Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, but among the minds of the wearing the binder and noticing, it's noticing the subconscious reactions people have. And I, I talked to Jess and probably this microphone about this before, in that. I would notice women's subconscious reactions as I began to transition. And I said, I would come home and say, this weird thing happened today. I was walking past this woman and she did these things. And
0: and he couldn't even describe the things, but I'm so familiar with it that I would be like, oh, she straightened her back and curved her spine slightly and lifted her chin slightly and put a slight smile on her I'm face. I'm like, how did you know that? <laughs> She knew because that's what I have trained myself to do in the company of male acquaintances.
1: I'm shaking my head like whoa, but yeah, you have yeah. trained yourself a so, lot of things. So why is a woman doing that when the male walks by? She's re- just said she's reacting to subconsciously to that you're a male.
0: Yes, there's this constant background noise of potential mate or potential protector. If we get into threat. potential threat, yes, there's this Everybody constant across the back, Wait, I was background say, noise I'm doing it wrong, of, apparently,
2: because that's what I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there's this potential, either protector or threat, that any male can become at a moment's notice to any person who is perceived as weaker, which includes all females, and so we naturally are going to. Or some of us have trained ourselves to... You've trained
1: yourself, but most of them just do it naturally. Most of
0: them just do this naturally. Women do this naturally. I'm not including myself in this group at that moment. To just naturally, ever so slightly, play into their sexual availability and their femininity so that you will perceive them as worthy of your protection and potentially worthy of your... Conquest, but in a positive way and not in a threatening way. And it's weird as fuck.
1: Well, it is weird. And, and for me, what I noticed was before people didn't know what quite what to do with me, especially really straight cisgendered people. They wouldn't know what to do, so they wouldn't do anything. And now all these the the women who are the straightest women at work all talk to me now, and they they didn't used to really talk to me very much at all. They avoided you, and they'll talk to me for a while when they're talking, and they'll do these. Things. And I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, what's, what's happening? They, they want
0: what's to garner up. your favor as a potential threat or pretend, potential protector, and that's really all there is to it's it. Very it's very strange. It's totally primal. very. It is very primal. It's very lizard brain. It's very.
1: So was my problem with the boobs that were walking past today.
0: <laughs> exactly. Very primal. <laughs> so it's it is it's weird as fuck. That people now like they can, they know what to do with you.
1: They know what to do.
0: And that is why I present myself so femme in professional situations. And that is why I don't make a thing of being who I am because it would not benefit me in any way. Well, I should say it would not professionally or situationally benefit me.
2: I was just going to say that before my transition, I had fairly androgynous presentation anyway. But I almost always wore a ponytail. And that was just my little, this is what I am. This is how you know what to do. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so that I could avoid a lot of awkwardness that I had dealt with for a long time before that. And I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore.
1: I find it very funny mm-hmm. to imagine a ponytail. It was bad. <laughs> Hold but on, sorry. I think I might still no, have no, a picture no, somewhere. Do oh God, don't, don't do that. Do it. Delete it, delete it. <laughs> I disapprove.
2: Yeah, I disapprove. So it's, it's very nice not to have to do that anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening.
1: I know know it's funny when I turn away, but I know my wife will point at the microphone, so... Yes, we're talking at you, but we're... (laughs) Talk to the microphone.
0: (laughs) To you at that.
3: All right. Um, We're not...
0: It's okay.
1: It's a clock. It, (laughs) It
0: happens, and it happens probably given that we usually talk for about 40 minutes on any given recording. We're going to hear that. I'd okay. say mmm
2: about half the a, time. Uh-huh. I was gonna say hopefully at a regular <laughs> yeah. <70 laughs> of the time, yeah.
0: Yeah, about half the time. So go ahead and start your sentence again then okay. though, since you've stopped. The thing that he answered me was let me start that and make it into a real English word sentence.
1: That
2: I went to school for, so
0: Yes, you never lose your mental health hat. No. It never goes away. No,
2: so that's probably a good thing. Maybe I could borrow that hat sometime.
0: (laughs) We didn't say it's his mental health.